0: Hello and welcome listeners to Beyond the Scenes of Entertainment on KPC Radio with your host Adrian Cortez, the show where we dive into the careers of people who work their best to bring enjoyment to our lives. There are many forms of entertainment and today we'll be discussing the career that goes into the fascinating world of visual effects. Have you ever wondered how movies and shows can create these worlds and scenes that seem so realistic? That's all thanks to visual effects artists as it is one of the one of the most important jobs in order to make these scenes and world to really grab the attention of viewers for the how realistic or imaginative the visual effects are. For our guest today, we have visual effects artist Sivan Najarian, who is also founder of Midnight Kid Studios and does some animation as well. Thank you so much, Sivan, for being here today on the show. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Awesome. And so, first question, how uh, did your passion start in uh, visual effects and animation? Uh, what came first?
1: Well, I started. Um, I started out as a fan of things like Star Trek and Star Wars, and I always wondered how they made stuff like that. And I've always been fascinated um, by seeing behind-the-scenes um, footage and really understanding that. At the time, I thought it was just magic, um, but I knew that there was some way to make that magic, and so I wanted to be the magician. And so I was started to mess around with cameras and computers and things like that. And um, I didn't know I was going to be a visual effects artist or an animator. I thought I was just going to be messing around with a VHS camera and, and computers and stuff. And it just became a, my hobby became a career. And uh, so I started off um, just uh, messing around with like, uh, 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 what was it, Microsoft Paint or something old mm. on, on Windows 3.1. And I made my own little, um, animation where, uh, where a, uh, couple of aliens beam onto the surface of a planet and then destroy earth or something like that. (laughs) Um, and I didn't know at the time that I was actually animating frame by frame. Yeah. And then I just forgot about that for a long time. And then, um, so I got into filmmaking. Um, I wanted to learn like, uh, camera work and storytelling and, um. and uh, lighting and all that sort of stuff and then I just kind of fell into just doing every aspect of filmmaking myself because nobody knew how to do it so I learned everything and I, I found out that I have a proficiency for computer work and I started to learn software and I started to understand how things work better with visual effects and I just fell into it and it just got to be something that I did all the time and then eventually I met my friend uh, Justin Roiland who does um, the voice of Rick and Morty and uh we started doing cartoons together and it was something that I just had to teach myself and I had all the knowledge of me or the passion of me figuring out as a kid all came back and it just kind of was natural to me. And I just started doing cartoons using a lot of the same, um, the same techniques I learned doing visual effects, the same software. I just applied to cartoons and we started doing shows for a monthly uh, festival called Channel One, And, uh, we, We made a show called House of Cosby's that went viral. It's probably one of the first viral videos on the internet Mm -hmm. um, back then before YouTube existed. And um, ever since, we just made a bunch of cartoons and then Justin went on and made House of Cosby's. And these days, I'm making my own cartoons and also run my own business, uh, a visual effects business, where we do a lot of cleanup, we do a lot of interesting sci-fi stuff we do green screen we do cartoons all that all that kind of stuff it's been fun it's been a great
0: ride nice and um when you were growing up what were the uh big influences that inspired you to keep going forward with this career were there any uh shows movies that really caught your interest or um anything in particular
1: yeah i was really fascinated by things like uh jim henson's stuff so um for instance, The Dark Crystal, like, I was just so fascinated by the fact that he went so deep into the details and spent so much time and effort on set designs and puppets and stuff like that. And, mm. like, there's a lot of effects in there, too, and just the, imagin- the imagination involved in that. And, like, a mo- the movie um, Neverending Story was a huge influence on me because the storytelling itself just gives me chills. I'm getting chills right now just <laughs> think about it. Yeah. Um, and. I just wanted to make stuff like that. I was a big fan of Star Wars really late. Like, I was probably 15 years old when I was allowed to watch Star Wars. And and then um, I watched uh, Alien. Alien was, the whole Alien series was a big influence on me because it was just so dark and weird and, like, mysterious. And, like, the monster stuff was really fascinating to me. And so I just kind of studied those, like, sci-fi shows, sci-fi movies. Got into a show called... um, Farscape, which was done by the Jim Henson Company, a lot of the, its a sci-fi show, but it's also got a lot of puppets and stuff. So mm-hmm. I really like the aesthetic of puppets, animations, visual effects—just putting it all together. I like it all together. I like mm-hmm. to see how people make a story off of um, all the mediums put together. So that's kind of where I'm at now—is I'm I like to do everything, and I like to, and I'm I'm currently working on a stop-motion project, which is oh, nice. fun, really
0: mm-hmm. fun. And uh, those are great movie choices as well. They're very... Uh, I like Dark Crystal. I remember watching that as a kid, and it freaked me out because of... But yeah, I loved it because of the, the design and the story. For some reason, it was something that was so creepy, but I loved at the same time. Yeah.
1: I, loved, I love stuff that scares you, especially if you're a kid. Like, I, I showed the Dark Crystal to my young niece. And mm-hmm. It scared her. <laughs> and, and to this day, she, it's like her favorite. She's like an adult now. so this day, she, it's like one of her favorite things. Yeah. So, so a lot of the stuff I do a lot of times is if, I, if I'm going to, I want to start doing cartoons or, or materials, like just shows and stuff for um, kids, but I want to scare them. I want it to be like that really scary element that makes them want to come back. It's like mm-hmm. riding a roller coaster. It's like, it's scary, but like, it's thrilling, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. And uh, so what were some of the challenges of uh, going through school and learning the art of visual effects? Uh, was it a fun experience for you?
1: yeah, it was, it was interesting because I never really aspired to going to go to school. Actually, I didn't really mm. think I was going to be allowed to go to college. I grew up in a restrictive household that didn't want me to do that. So, um, that was the main problem with it. Uh, my, my need to find, you know, something else to do. So I I ended up going to college, a community college and, and, um, feeling guilty all along the way but i had so much fun like i had i've met so many people that were like like-minded and you really learn like uh that there's other people out there that want to do what you want to do and they have some talent and they encourage you and you encourage them and you feed off of each other and <laughs> i would say there was a lot less challenges because um because of that element of just like everything feeds itself and mm-hmm. um, everybody wants to do good and everybody's you know pitching in. So maybe I was just lucky of falling into a crew like that. Um, but the, the only other challenge was like, I was poor. So I, I had to use my credit cards to, to rack up a bunch of debt to buy computers and cameras and stuff. And it, it was a really hard, a big hardship. So i worked full time and, and to pay off those credit cards and it still, it didn't work out. But, um, eventually like, I, it's like me paying for my education through credit cards. So Um, that was a big challenge of the money aspect, but, but I, I won't change it for the world because it was just such a huge learning experience. Like I really learned how to do everything I do now back in college. Um, Mm. and then it just kind of set me on this pace of like teaching myself, um, for all the stuff I do today.
0: Nice. And it's cool that you found the right people too. I know it's definitely hard trying to. Find people in classes and everything to know if they're interested in what you are interested in as well, and then trying to work together and making something. But it's great that it happened like that. And so, uh, could you tell us about um, Channel 101? And was it uh, one of the things that, or was it uh, something that you did a lot of your work to show in the industry? Yeah, Channel
1: 101. A monthly festival so they so it's set up just like a microcosm of hollywood so if you what you do is you submit a pilot episode under five minutes of an of a show um and then the panel watches it and they either pick it up or they reject it and Hmm. um and then every month a live audience gets to watch all the um all the uh, the new five pilots and the five returning shows each month and they get to vote. So the audience votes for who they want to see come back. So every month the top five vote getters get to make their next episode. So it's kind of like the audience either continues your show or cancels it instead of the network. Mm -hmm. Um, so we started submitting, submitting back in 2003, something like that. It It was only around for a couple of years, 2003. And then, um, and we just fell into a group of people, again, just fell into a group of people where it was, like, really like-minded people. And it was a like huge encouragement to continue working. And we just found our home. Like, for the first couple of years of living in L.A., we didn't really find – we couldn't find our place until we found Channel 101. It's just a community full of great people and, and really fun um, atmosphere and, like, really supportive filmmakers and they Mm. all kind of had the same kind of style of comedy as us. And we were already sort of um, putting a lot of our short comedies on our own website. And this was before YouTube. Mm. So we were getting a lot of traction of people just coming to our website and checking it out. But then we saw a channel on a one, which was doing almost exactly the same as us and other people like the lonely Island, who was like Andy Samberg from SNL was doing the same thing. They had their own website, And so a lot of, and then Tim and Eric as well, and Dan Harmon and Rob Schraub, all these people had their own websites, but also Channel 101 was a hub of like creative people doing pretty much the same thing. So I feel like we fit in so well there. Hmm. And over the course of like 15 years, I I worked on so many different things. And that was really my film school, was practical uh, experience, working on my own projects, figuring out how to work with people. Um, how how to meld with people, how to write with people, how to do all these different things, and and from there, just kind of built my career. And, nice. and I, I can't, I couldn't have done what I did without Channel One Hundred One. It's it's a mm-hmm. huge
0: part of my life. And a lot of people that you were working with on Channel One Hundred One were also film students at the time, right?
1: Yeah, a lot. Of, well, most of them were um, not necessarily film students, but um, definitely uh, like it's like if you graduate college you move to la to make something and then hollywood tells you you can't do this you can't do that Mm. and the frustration behind that you go and search for outlets and channel one was that outlet so a lot of film students that were disillusioned by you know joining the workforce at how in hollywood found their source of output through channel one and uh i don't uh it's i feel like it's a lot harder these days because it's it's not harder because YouTube is now around, so you don't really need to to be connected anymore. You yeah. just post your stuff on YouTube, and if you can get a following, then mm-hmm. you could possibly make a career through that. But this is a time when that, that none of that happened, so it was really, really difficult to find. We just really were lucky to stumble upon it.
0: Yeah, and this is definitely yeah when uh, YouTube was not as popular as it is today. Where if you Put up a video of just one thing and it goes viral, it gets like a million views nowadays. And, right. mm-hmm. yeah. and like so. Viral
1: videos back in the day were like five, ten thousand 10,000 views. Mm-hmm. And or maybe, I think House of Cosby's was up to like a couple hundred thousand views back in
0: 2006. Yeah. And so it's definitely changed so much till now. And so, um, uh, what types of films. Uh, and then uh, I know we talked about how you like talking about scary films and uh, that. Uh, what types of films do you personally like making um, at the time when you started? Uh, did you like making a lot of funny stuff? Did you like making a lot of uh, serious stuff? What kind of was it?
1: Yeah, I started off thinking I was a very serious filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, I sort of transitioned into comedy like um, because all my friends were comedians and they were all funny people. So... I was, it was more about supporting what they wanted to do, and I didn't necessarily want to do cartoons but or, or uh, comedy stuff, but eventually, that was what I became good at, and now I just feel like that's all I want to make, because um, I don't want to be that serious person. And like I, It would have been cool to be like a dramatic director uh, and writer, but I feel like my strength now is comedy, because I've done so much of it, and I just love it, and even even now, I think I'm writing a lot of serious stuff, but there's always comedy in it. Even mm-hmm. if it's just dark comedy, which is my favorite, mm-hmm. um, it really is my genre now. So any kind of any kind of other style of movie I want to make or TV show, it's always going to have comedy in it. Even if it's supposed to be serious, it's going to have comedy in it. So that's yeah. that's sort of my thing now.
0: Yeah, and so. Um... I know you did also a lot of or some acting for a little episode or a show called "I'm uh, uh, Messy." Uh, how was that like? And was it uh, was that your first time acting? And uh, were there films prior to this that you've done acting with?
1: Um, that was m- probably my first time being on screen. The most mm. uh, there was a show called "Most Extraordinary Space Investigations" on Channel One Hundred and One, which was which starred Sarah Silverman. Mm. Um, as well as Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland and me um that was actually was kind of a fluke for me to be on screen because I mostly was behind the camera Mm -hmm. but um the audience liked how awkward I was and it encouraged me to continue and I feel like I'm a much better actor these days and from there I got cast on the Sarah Silverman program for a few episodes so I was on Comedy Central um these days, I do a lot of uh, voice acting um, for cartoons, and, uh, and another channel one one just started doing their uh, an audio version of their show called Frequency 101, on one It's a podcast, nice. and so I I do um, a, an episodic show on that, uh, it's five minutes long, and and I do multiple voices with my partner, Father Um So acting hasn't always been my thing. I've always been just afraid to be in front of camera, but. Channel one, one kind of forced me in front and <laughs> gave me the confidence and the and like now I just don't care like I'll do whatever if, I I act by necessity mm-hmm. but I actually enjoy it now so I I don't mind being in front of the camera and I'll do whatever and like there's moments where um, I've gotten I played. Um, <laughs> I played the Terminator
0: in a Channel 1 show where I was almost <laughs>
1: completely naked. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I saw that was, scene. <laughs> uh, it, I can go that far, I guess. I, I, I have no shame. So I think that's, uh, it really kind of helped me break out of my shell.
0: So. Mm. Yeah, definitely uh, breaking out naked as the Terminator will definitely put or bring you out of your shell, that's for sure. Yeah. And so um, <clears throat> could you tell us the differences between working with uh, animated films and uh, with And working with uh, films with dealing with the actors and everything how how was that
1: yeah animated films are a whole different animal so I feel like there's a lot more control when it comes to making a cartoon because uh, usually uh, people don't expect it to be done super quick so you have a lot of time to really shape it and and there's a lot easier to hide mistakes with um, audio editing so you really get what you want with an actor because you can splice so many things together t- different takes together that you can't do in a live action thing so it doesn't take any rehearsal time either you just really you really just get some good voice actors and you knock it out in a couple hours and you're done so mm-hmm. it's it's for me it seems like it's a lot more control doing cartoon work uh, live action is really fun when you have the vision thought out and you rehearse and you don't waste a lot of time these days i feel like a lot of time gets wasted um on sets but you know the, when you get in the rhythm of doing it you 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 figure out um you figure out how to do it efficiently and, mm-hmm. and it's fun and i miss it And i haven't done live action stuff in a long time mm-hmm. i'm stuck behind a computer these days but um that actually works out better for you know coronavirus shutdown stuff yeah. so um i've basically been built to work during this time so uh for now i'm okay doing cartoons
0: yeah and you said you're doing a stop motion project yeah i'm working i'm a i'm a producer for the company starburns industries which is
1: the company that first um made uh house uh, first made uh rick and morty mm-hmm. and a bunch of other things um and they're doing uh just like a little quick I don't know how long it is, five minutes or something, a little stop-motion thing um, yeah. by the creator Dino Stamatopoulos. And he, it's just, it's for sci-fi. Um, it hasn't been released yet, but it's for the sci-fi network. So okay, nice. it's interesting because it's, um, we're doing, it's, we're doing a lot of just cleanup work and putting foreground elements on backgrounds and just like making it all look nice. Um, it's interesting to see how stop-motion stuff gets shot in pieces and we have to put, all the pieces together. Mm. Um, it's it's not something you really understand watching stop motion sure, because it looks like it's all done in camera, but a lot of it is pieced together and we, we're we the ones that put those things together.
0: Mm. Yeah, and so uh, it's definitely uh, trippy how the whole stop motion project works, and you have a whole studio and you have to take a uh, picture by picture of all these motions, and it's a uh, very tedious work. Um, and so Uh, what inspired you to start up uh, Midnight Kids Studios?
1: Well, for the longest time, um, I didn't really have to advertise the work I did. So I worked alone for a long time and and I kept getting jobs and I kept having to say no because I was getting too busy. Mm. And somebody finally told me like, why don't you just hire somebody so you never have to say no? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if that's going to work. I'm not like a business owner i'm not like a leader or anything like that i had i didn't have the confidence back then but i took her advice maybe a year later and and um i started to hire people um and and kind of spread the work around a little bit more and it worked so well that i formed a company and i decided to do it legitimately and and um and ever since like i'm i've become that leader i thought i wasn't and i've become um the business owner that i thought i wasn't and my in my sense of I thought I was just an artist and I thought I was just like a nerdy guy that couldn't talk to people, but like, I'm not that I'm, I'm a lot more than that. And and Mm. forming the business is one, one of the best things I've ever done because it kind of opened up the world of assets that are available to me now. So like I have people that know how to do all kinds of great things that work for me and work with me. Mm. And, and I'm, so that opens up every opportunity for me to make a cartoon on my own, not not on my own. um, I can get help. You know, and, and there's a little bit of money there now too. So I can pay people and I can provide jobs and it's just great. It's a, I'm building a community and a culture and, and it's been really great for me because I'm not a very social person and this is like forcing me to be social in a work context. And, mm. and that's where I get most of my, uh, most of my interaction with people. And it's been, so it's been great. Um, best thing I've ever done.
0: Nice. And so, um, uh, after getting some experience in the film industry, uh, were there any animated cartoon shows or TV, uh, or short films that stuck with you?
1: Yeah. I'm, I've, I've always been a fan of, um, weird stuff like Ren and Stimpy. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the, I mean, as far as cartoons go, um, I was really, I just really got connected with Adult Swim stuff. Mm. And, um, just because it was like I was an adult at the time and it was just appealing to me. So it just was interesting because the, the cartoons weren't like amazing looking, but they were they served the purpose. The art was like simple and it served the purpose. And I I thought like I can make that show, like Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I can make that. That's easy and it's funny. And I got funny friends. Let's start making stuff like that. So I think Adult Swim was like came around with the perfect timing. And, it's, and I never thought I would work on Adult Swim, but I've I've had a lot of jobs on Adult Swim, and it's been great. And, it, and it's one of those things where it's like you, you're a fan of things, and then you move to L.A. not thinking anything's going to be – you're not going to get connected with those things that you're a fan of, but then all of a sudden you are. Mm. And it's like I'm working with my heroes, and I'm working with people that I've listened to and I was a fan of. Mm. So, yeah, that's, um, it's, Adult Swim has been a big influence on my current work, definitely.
0: Got it. And um could you talk about some of the short films you worked on? I know you there is some called uh, uh Stay and Stuck. Uh how were how are those and I know they're uh a little creepy and on the horror side. <laughs> so tell us about that.
1: Yeah, those are done by a friend of mine David Michaelson. He's the director. Um he I, I love it when he he just self-finances these little short films for festivals um mm-hmm. just because he likes to keep working. So um, there's always a need for visual effects. Um, Stay had a lot of uh, uh, makeup removal stuff uh, or makeup cleanup and stuff, um, and Stuck was a lot of like random like gory things. Um, so it's always fun to just like support friends and and help them out with what their vision is going to be, and and they always get me involved early on because a lot of the when they write something. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, when they write something, they uh, they don't know how to do it until mm. they and so they call me and say, "How should we shoot this?" And I make sure that they shoot it right so that I can put it together properly. Mm. Um, so it's always a great collab- collaboration to, to get involved with other people's visions and uh, and always the end product is always uh,
0: surprising to me because it's not my vision; it's somebody else's, but I help them. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so. Uh, um... Are there any social medias that are uh, any social media sites that our listeners can uh, follow you on or Midnight Studios to keep on uh, keep track with uh, new content?
1: Yeah, you can go to my website actually um m i d k i d studios.com um, and also I'm on Instagram. I don't really do much um, uh, social media stuff. You could check out um, my Instagram it's on the Jerry at instagram at saman Najarian, s-e-v-a-n-n-a-j-a-r-i-a-n and i think my there's a midnight kids instagram so you can just search for it um there's a lot of my old stuff on
0: there nice and so um that's all the time we have left for the show today and so uh uh, thank you so much again for uh coming on the show savan and discussing the path you went down to find your passion for visual effects and animation and the many experiences that inspired you to continue uh, this has been your host Adrian Cortez or Adrian Cortez Heredia, and tune in on the next episode of Behind the Scenes of Entertainment on KPCRadio.com.